Get ready for Unriveted Radio on Super Talk 1270. Now, here's Travis Feist and Rob McLeod. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Unriveted, a Dakota Customs original. I'm your host, Travis Feist, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Rob McLeod. Morning, guys. Morning, fans. All you great fans out there. Hopefully, you're, you're sticking with us. Yes. Hopefully, we got some new fans. Hopefully. We like still, we haven't, still yeah. haven't seen a lot of comments come through, but I'm hoping that they'll start piling in here pretty soon. No, what's even cooler is when we get the comments in person. Yeah, which we it, have. We have, yeah. yeah. Even um, just with my network of people that I know, um, they've said hats off, like good mm-hmm. job, like it's it's great content. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is, you know, this is not us. This is not really no. who we are, but that's kind of the whole basis of a podcast. Um I feel like there's definitely some that kind of flow better than others. Mm-hmm. But um, but you get us on a subject, though, and it's, I mean, we can Yeah, roll, that's um, like what we're doing right now, trying to get rolling. And once, yeah. once it's, once this. Um, yeah. Once we're rolling, then we're rolling. But yeah. it is uh it is a new thing for everybody, and um, I, I do agree. I've, I have been out in public, and, and I've had people come up, and, and they're, you know, they tell me, "Hey, great podcast, man! I'm, you guys are doing awesome." And oh, hey, thanks, I appreciate it. You know, and it just, it'd be kind of nice to actually pick their brain and, and be like, "Are you listening to us on the radio? Are you listening to us on our website? Where are you listening to us?" Just to see. But I guess it all comes down that they're listening, so it all, it all yeah, pays it's off. all that matters. And what I kind of, what I've heard is that we're really natural. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like we're trying too hard or we're like directing the podcast, like it's orchestrated in any sort of manner. All right. Like, and that's the, the whole, that's what <clears throat> make, um, make, makes podcasts so enjoyable because yeah. there, there's no, there's no BS involved. It's yeah. just us raw. Yeah. yeah. And I like, you know, uh, yesterday, we had uh, Mid Continent come over, and still, you know, they stop in probably a couple times a month, and they just take random videos and shots because we're putting a commercial together, so they get different avenues of and some different progress stuff on what we're doing, and so that we can produce multiple commercials and to advertise. And so they stopped over yesterday to take uh, some pictures on a project that we're working on which is at 55 f100 yeah hopefully and, uh, uh, this new commercial was as as big of a hit as the one we did with yeah. uh, got a lot of got a lot of shares on those other ones a lot of shares a lot of people that actually sh- straight up jobs people said hey i seen your commercial um mm-hmm. looks like you guys are the shop mm-hmm. to handle our our project so yeah and um, you know my showcase yeah, and we're trying to do multiple stuff. You know, we're trying to get for the bikes. You know, we do the restoration, the hot rods, the uh, the accessory part of it. You know, so it's not just the same thing repetitive. Yeah, we're trying to show different stuff that we do. And so Brandy Otto, she's uh, she's kind of like in charge of our account, and uh, she stopped over while they were filming, and she just had to ask that question. So what 
what is what are you guys all doing to this thing? And I think what by the time I was done between the blue bike, which I had to show him, and that Ford, I think like an hour and twenty minutes went by, and she says, you know, every single time we do this, I always forget to throw a mic on you first. And then ask you the question because she's like, dude, that would have been great sound yeah, bits. Yeah, it would have. You're like, I feel like that's when I portray what we do the best is like when I'm giving a shop tour. It's like, it's just like you're in the moment. Right. You're like, you're trying to like show someone how passionate you are. So that'd be like no different that you're trying to, mm-hmm. Brandy was right in front of you. And it's like, that's, it's like when someone just asks you about it though, knowing that it's going to be used as a sound bit, it's like, doesn't it like, doesn't flow quite like when you're yeah. just caught off guard and asked. Yeah, like, and and I like, get and man. it and the thing that's nice, like I, you know, just like anybody, if you have a passion for it, I mean, that's just it's it's at a whole different level. And when you, you know, it's, having it's, a passion, it's and somebody not hard, asks, it's not hard to pick out either right. from a, an, another standpoint. Right. But so which was which was nice to kind of talk about some of that kind of stuff that we had going on. Are and, you as theatrical as I am when you're? Like I feel like my hands are all over the place. Oh, yeah, it's, oh it's like yeah, full on. Uh, like yeah. I gotta watch where I'm throwing these elbows, you know. Yeah, it's it's like when you're telling a story, it's like you just tell everybody back up a couple feet because yeah. we're gonna get it's gonna arms get real. and yeah, we're <laughs> maybe some high kicks too to kind of yeah. add in there. So you never know what you're gonna come across. <laughs> but next thing you know, it's it's like you're talking about something, and then it's you know, like I took him over to that blue bike that we built for Dave, and. uh so I, I was telling Brandy and her her cameraman, I forgot what his name is, but super nice guy and Neil, yeah, and uh, he's always intrigued. Like every time he comes over, he's just he's kind of like a kid in a candy store too. He's always asking questions because he's not really much of a car guy, but he finds it interesting. But he's not like a gearhead or nothing, so he kind of gets excited about it. And I think a lot of times is. People see these cars being built on shows, Mm -hmm. and then when they see it in person, they see each stage of all the vehicles that we have in our shop, it really bridges the gap. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel like people find interesting because it makes sense to them now. Right. You know? And and the thing that's nice, like even when you say that, it's, you know, kind of getting back when I was showing them about Dave's bike, and when you're explaining and then it's like, well, see, look at right here. So then you got to grab them and you you point it out, and you know it's like, hey, we we put this ignition switch over here. Like, come here, and look. And then yeah. you grab them, and and so they're like seeing what you're seeing, and then they're like, oh, hey, that's cool. And even you know, like for instance, Dude. that Impala that you know that we've been working on for a while. And when you when you just tell them like, yeah, here's a '66 Super Sport that we modified, your average person is going to look at it and be like. Nice. Shrugged their shoulders and yeah, be like, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. But when you grab them and you start, you know, that's where the hands come in and yeah. you start pointing out all the stuff that you've done to it. And next thing you know, like their eyes will raise up and they kind of understand your lingual and they understand what you're talking about. And then they get an interest even more on what you're talking about. It's, it's funny that I've uh, shown so many people that car just because it's been with us since i've started with you mm-hmm. like i can pretty much like not that i'm not as excited but i could recite word for word per verbatim what i'm gonna say when i'm in front of that car and it's just like 
And obviously, like, I've got it down to where it's like, before I'd, I'd <clears throat> walk someone around that car, it'd be like five minutes. Now, I get the point across in like a minute, and it's mm-hmm. just on to the next one. Mm-hmm. So, but um, and another cool thing with, with Dave's bike is like, I've shown a lot of people that, that bike now too. And I've kind of like, um, will nonchalantly hit the ignition switch. And they're like, wait, what'd you do there? Yeah. And it's like, I don't tell them what we did. And I was just like, I just hit the lights. Like, like, wait, 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 back up. What's going on? And like, that's all I, I get a kick out of that. Cause they're just like, they're like mind blowing. Like, yeah. And it's, so. it's funny when you watch people and they walk <laughs> off from the showroom and they come walking out and then they just like, you see this. They see something in the corner of their eye, and then they just do a double take, and they're like, whoa, whoa, hey, what's up with this yeah, bike? they just kind of get the, the tip of the iceberg, and it's just like, well, we're probably going to be talking about the tip of the iceberg for a good 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. let's show you. But, yeah, we got another 12,000 square feet to go, so. Yeah, and I think the a part of it is, too, it's the storytelling, and obviously with the podcast, you know, we try to tell stories to keep it interesting, and, and I feel like it's the same way, too, when, when – I don't really get to give a lot of tours, and I'm 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 alright with that, probably because of time wise. And but that is and, like you're like I try to treat it like it's my baby. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday it will be. But you like when you when you're showing people like I don't know if you you're, you're probably show a little bit. Not that I not as passionate, but you probably show more passion because I mean that is that's like. That's you. I mean, you mm. built that. So I could easily see where you would enjoy kind of, um, you know, showing people all you've accomplished, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And it's nice, and, and I enjoy doing it. And I think, like, with me, as, as you walk from one project to the next, you know, I, I give the, the back part of the story, like yeah, why, yeah. And you why know I came here. Yeah, yeah, why I came here and reason why it's here. And then... I explained to them what we've done so far, and then it's like, and this is what we're going to do. And I already know in my head how I want it to look. I already know where we're going to put everything. So then I explained to them what the future progress is. And so I pretty much build the whole car right in front of them as I'm showing them every project. And it's, I love it. It's interesting. And, And I know when I give a tour, it's probably about an hour and a half and you can probably do it in 45 minutes. Yeah, like, I think I've got it down to like, like half an hour. hour. Yeah. But, <laughs> but sometimes I don't mind it just because it, I, I enjoy it. Cause again, it's all about, you know, I have that passion for it. Yeah. I guess, um, I would love to like, I still feel like someday I want to. Yeah. So I feel like my ultimate goal is to like, and it's, gonna be impossible i want to like i'm good where i'm good at but i want to like i just enjoy like the the hard fabrication and like i want to do what you do in the shop i mean i'm nowhere near it but um like i want to this this uh coming up here i want to build some brackets for my reservoirs on my shocks for my truck Mm -hmm. and uh i just when I had my shop, I did, I loved doing that. And, but so that way, like when I'm given, if, if I'm more of a hands-on guy and say like, I'm potentially on a vehicle, which I probably never will be, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like I could explain to them what the direction is. I got an idea, yeah. but like you, I, I can't relay the vision 
of what you what the end result is like you can because you obviously have that vision and I don't. Mm-hmm. But uh, and that that's what builds excitement, you know. Just me giving hard facts to you know whoever I'm showing, you know it, it it's interesting, but it's like it doesn't give them that mental picture of mm-hmm. what it's going to be. So yeah, but, but you got to realize too that everybody has to start somewhere. You know, you can't just jump in with two feet. I mean, yeah, and knowing the ins and out of a vehicle part wise is a huge thing to start out, but you don't just like, like I said, anything you, you work your way up to it and never say never. But I, I, I do know that with you working for me that you use my toolbox a lot and we'd have to work on your tool skills first before I cut you loose on yeah <laughs> just building some stuff but there's an etiquette that you have to follow nah, I put the stuff back where it needs to be yeah but there's a difference between metric and standard and what goes where and how to use it and I just put it back how I found it yeah well you don't do it very well <laughs> oh dang it <laughs> yeah but uh, hey, yeah you know baby steps and but I I, get I can address them yeah but it's baby it steps. is true <laughs> Hey, thanks, Amy. We're gonna, uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, it it's true. It just just like with anybody. I mean, it's to to want to learn this stuff. It's you have to start at the very bottom, you know. And even when people come and work at my shop, have even you know some of these young employees that they want to be taught. And I'm like, well, you want to be taught. There's a broom. If you can clean up and you can organize your workspace that is a huge thing in starting or it's like all right that car's getting ready to leave wash it and it's like i can tell a just because of my skills that you know i've 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 washed cars yeah i started out at the very bottom there's definitely a wrong way to yep and it's like just by washing somebody and just how they care about it and and go about even washing a car it actually shows a lot, like if if you're gonna make it or not, and you wouldn't think well, washing car would have nothing to do, but it actually does because it's all about, you know, how you're gonna there's, care for that project. Yeah. So yeah. there's um, there's a lot of ways to look at it, but every little bit does work, and it does come in effect to being a better, you know, fabricator or what have you. But you know, even though we do custom work, there's still a procedure to about most yeah. of it. So and that procedure allows you to do the job efficiently and allows you to get the result mm-hmm. that you, you need. So um, just like there's a procedure to clean in the shop, there's a procedure to clean in the car, you know, it's like mm-hmm. um, certain way things need to get done. Yeah. yeah. And especially, I mean, some of the cars that we work on are pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, it's, I it's honestly a good thing that I still don't ever just wash a car. I still get nervous mm-hmm. around these cars, and I'm glad that hasn't gone away because it allows me to still care about what I'm doing. Right. So it's like, um, I don't know, we always talk about riding sleds. It's like, but if you're not scared in the mountains, it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, being scared makes you aware. Yeah, it yeah. does. It keeps you sharp. Yep. And cool. and that's the thing, too, is you know, when you talk about washing cars, when Sean used to work for me until he moved, um, his 
previous job was he was a detail, uh, detail manager yeah. Yeah. and Sean was, he was a great employee. He, um, he was first front sales guy beans that he was a manager for many years. Like he was good customer service. So putting him as a parts guy up front was really like, it was a smart move. He handled a lot but, for you though. Yeah. But he had, and we weren't quite, I mean, we were busy. I mean, I thought I was like hit my peak and that was like nothing compared to what we're at now. Yeah. But he had such a love for the vehicles to where his reward was when that car was ready to be delivered. He was so like, I'm going to, I'm going to detail that car. Dude, like he yeah. loved and he would go out there and he would grab everything cause he knew and he would make that thing shine. And he had so much pride in it and he was not much of a mechanic at all, but man, when he, the enjoyment he got when that customer showed up to pick up their car and they're like, wow. And he had that thing just gleaming yeah. and that's where. Like that's where his pride came in and that's what he loved and he had such an act for it and yeah, he was good at it. Yeah, I uh I like to see and I tell this to a lot of the guys, um to just see the have have the car ready how you would like to see it. And a lot of times me and the guys are not on the same page because mm-hmm. I like might like my rig's pretty spotless. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's crazy that how far that goes with mm-hmm. the customer. Um, they're like, oh, no way, you washed it? I was like, hey, most times I try to. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and, you know, we're being real here. We're being real here. Sometimes it's a lot easier to slip that bill, that final number, and have them pay it. And that car is clean, mm-hmm. you know? Well, it's just, it shows like a gratitude of, you yeah, know, it's like, it you, is like you brought your vehicle to us. At least we can do is make it look nice when it leaves here. So it goes both ways. You know, it's, it's kind of showing that appreciation and return. And it actually, you know, on, on certain aspects, um, it shows off, it just amplifies what we did. Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, you do a lift, a, a six inch lift with new wheels and tires. You stick all that on a dirty truck. It's like, no, no not. Yeah, it no. doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. So it doesn't even help the wow factor. No, and I think my OCD kicks in. It just drives Dude, me nuts. Yeah, same here, and that's why. Um, even there's been times where it's been like, the roads have been still um, in, in crappy out, or it's been too cold. It's like it would be an absolute waste of time mm-hmm. to wash. And it's still my OCD kicks in. It's like, man, I'd still like to see this car clean though. Yeah, I yeah, know. and I know it's tough, especially during the winter that we had yeah. here. And, and uh, and I think it was even uh, uh, I think it was Ekblad that came from Wollaston, and he brought his son's truck down, and it was yeah. I think it stormed. Was it the storm that he got here right before the storm hit? But the roads were bad all the way going back, and he come in that he came. I think the second day because we had a bunch of stuff to do it, and he was getting ready to leave, and it was sloshy, snowy, and we're out there washing, and he's like, "Why?" Like, you know, yeah. it, it, but it's, I mean, it's what we do. It's, it, you know, and we still made sure that thing was at least rinsed off for the most part before it left. But, and we knew like it was going to get dirty instantly as soon as he left here, but he was still very appreciative that we yeah. took the initiative to or do that. Or it's like the fact, like, um, a lot of times when we do new wheels and tires, I'll leave the stock tires out of the box just to show exactly how the stance of that 
particular truck, car, or truck mostly is mm-hmm. going to look. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, okay, now we'll load it up. Yeah. You know? Now we'll so it's just like, we got to like. Give them that wow factor. Full circle. Yeah. This is what we did. This is what you paid for. Because um, I know how far a dollar goes these days, and it doesn't mm-hmm. get you very far. So when right. people are willing to spend their hard-earned money, and, you know, the surrounding area is, you know, mostly blue-collar, um, they work hard for their money, whether it you being at a desk, you're still working hard. Right. You know, so it's like um, I take that into consideration, and that's, like, shows our gratitude. It's like, hey, you spent your hard-earned money with us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And, and, you know, and speaking of the wow factor, so we had a – we have a customer that came to us probably almost two years ago already now with that. Was it a 32 oh, Ford? Yeah. Uh, 37, 37 Ford truck. Ford, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Axmans. Yeah. And, and uh, from your neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, from yep. Wolston. Yep. And it's a it family, pretty, family yeah. heirloom truck. Yeah. And, uh, it was actually, well, there's actually a little bit more of a backstory, but so, um, Gunther Harms, who is your cousin. cousin yep. Um, he, I, I think I, went to middle school with him but anyways we always uh snowboarded together and um we've always stayed in touch and so he was and so gunther's a petroleum engineer john was a petroleum engineer but he worked with gunther mm-hmm. and so they must have been discussing this this project and gunther's like go see travis and dakota mm-hmm. customs go see um reach out to rob and and mm-hmm. um see how far they can take it and they that we were the the only place that they checked out and they mm-hmm. pulled the trigger with us. And when we pulled the trigger, that means uh, sticking a fully handmade one-off chassis underneath right. that truck. So it's uh, it's actually kind of funny that you say that because it's crazy how my cousin from my neck of the woods, not knowing, was actually is one of your good friends. And you and I didn't know that right away. But then after like I- one day, we're just like, Hey, my, my, I got a friend, Gunther Harms, and I'm looking at him like, what? Dude, that's you my got cousin. A friend, that's my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> that's my cousin. And actually, um, I knew that you guys were related. I just forgot about it. Um, so when I was working for Randy and, um, he knew I was working for Randy out of that shop, he's like, oh, you're right by, I don't think you were there at the time at Tommy's shop. Uh, yeah. Well, through Planet, we were, we were right oh. beside. That was sure. years ago. So he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, those are all my cousins right down in the, uh, you know, a few shops down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it's kind of crazy how that went down. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh. Then we got Robert on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, his dad's pretty. He's his a good guy. His dad, as much as the character, is my right. dad. So we ended up ordering a Scott's chassis yep, for Scott's that thing, rods. and it was a fully loaded suspension, everything chassis. And that was right in the midst of COVID, and what a and on the tail end of it, yeah, headache that's been. Uh, and so what the twelve week turned into? We about lost that that whopper a couple times. Yeah, but, but we we hung in, and and the thing that's nice about it is, you know, we talking to the customer that and explaining to them it's, you know, you're kind of on their mercy, and you know that whole COVID thing that put a dampener on their business at Scotts. And um, the 12, 12 to fourteen week build turned into fifteen months. I yeah, think. Um, tripled. Yeah, Look, yeah, more than tripled. More than tripled, and and honestly, 
the the information I kept relaying to the customer was accurate, but it sounded like a run of the mill excuse. Right. So, but it was accurate, and it, I really just had to, you know, put I had to put my trust in uh, in Scotts, and, and there in turn, John had to put their their trust in us that mm-hmm. this is what it is, this is what we're dealing with. And um, it turned out they were kind of revamping their entire system of how they were getting these chassis out the doors. And there was some learning curves, some, you know, things that weren't falling into place like how they should have. So that's what pushed it off. And I think a few times I heard the uh, they were fighting for help. So mm-hmm. well, and I'm I always sure got to take that one with a grain of salt, but it's usually if that's what it is, well, Right, there ain't no getting around that. Yeah. So, and I think they were on a shortage of parts too. I think because, I mean, they have to get all their parts for suspension and everything yeah. else. So, so yeah, you know, um, they were they were on that end of it too. They were struggling trying to get everything to fill their orders and and stuff like that. But it was nice. Uh, Friday, Friday, Friday. We, uh, we got we, the team and got that thing off the yeah. Off the van. It was nice to see that thing finally show up and. and I, I think what really helped was um, I kept on telling John that as long as they provide us what we're paying for and it's as high quality as um, they say it is, just got to let them do their thing. And the nice thing is that so John actually went to back to the 50s in the cities and Scott's had a booth there. And he's like, Rob, I saw their chassis. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. They're very well built, well put together. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was kind of our saving grace. And that's what I kept on telling John was just, mm-hmm. hey, it's, it's sometimes, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day. Right. You know, type of deal. And sometimes a lot, you know, quality, you're going to have to wait for it sometimes. You know, yeah. if, if it takes a little longer and you get what you pay for, it all works out in the end. And yeah, we were honestly between a rock. In a hard, or between a rock and a hard place, what are we going to do? Start the process over with the roadster shop? Yeah. You know, it's, well, then it's that same timeline. Then it's just like, just let it play out, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, have a little patience. And, but yeah, it's, it's here. It was nice um, to see it. I just went through it, um, checked it off. Um, yeah, they did a great job on that chassis. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've done work with roadster <laughs> shop and Scott's and they both, provide some pretty amazing chassis they're they're pretty top of the line very well built yeah they um it like i said before i probably said it on the podcast before but they what you're paying for you know the hard parts and the labor to build that frame was i don't know maybe fourteen fifteen thousand dollars but what you're paying for is the time that they took to design that frame mm-hmm. that and so our other option for getting this build done was to take a S10 frame, chop it up, reposition everything um, to get it to work underneath this 37 Ford truck. But That'd you wouldn't be, have had the same outcome. Though. Not even close. I mean, no. we could have, if we were to try to build that chassis with uh, an, exist, an existing frame of some sort, and modify it we'd have double oh, we'd have no. double into it mm-hmm. and so it's like you know a lot of times it's it's i'm hearing a lot lot a lot of it more and more from these customers that yeah these chassis are a no-brainer mm-hmm. and it's crazy that they say that 
one of these chassis are upwards of thirty thousand dollars. Right. So, but but if you pay somebody and then you pay for all the parts and assembly and make it work and the R and D, it's not cheap either. And you're still going to have a good investment into it. So they've already done the R and D. They already know, you know, they have the build cards and everything else. And it's like work smarter, not harder. And if you're actually going to use this vehicle and, and travel with it and drive it and everything else, you know, a full chassis is exactly, I mean, that's where it's at. It goes a long ways. And yep. when I was uh, double-checking the axle specs, you know, the spine count and the bolt pattern, I was just looking, I was like, man, it would have took me an hour, hour and a half just to figure out what I need. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't and have we don't to ch- anymore. And we don't charge for that. So just No, I that's, can't, yeah. yeah. And that's all donated and so to think if you were going to charge for all that and add it on to that build, it would all add up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that is the, the foundation of what you roll down the road on. So um, it's extensive. It's in, You can't make a mistake. No. And if you make a mistake, it's costly. Right. Yeah. And uh, kind of speaking of mistakes, it's uh, Motorcycle Awareness Month. Oh, a lot of bikes are out this there. It's getting kind of nice now. It's what do you mean? Almost... What are you referring to as mistake? My yeah, Sunday. Well, I was actually going to lead into like be aware. It's motorcycle awareness, so don't make the mistake. Like drive careful. Be a you know blind spots. Look out for motorcycles. Listen for them, and then also driving motorcycle. Be aware of cops. Be aware of cops. We I'm fully back the blue, and. uh I, I simply didn't see them. You know, we had a talk about this earlier. You need to get this whole burnout thing figured out because the attempt in rap in Deadwood was a fail. The attempt here didn't turn out so good. Ah, the, the burnout was great. <laughs> the surroundings. Yeah. Who was watching? I. You, uh, you actually. I mean, it was actually so great. You got three points for it. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look like the most cocky SOB yep. in front of this cop because I just blatantly did it right in front of his face. And he was he was a good sport about it. And uh so yeah, the burnout was epic. The you know yep. me getting a few points stinged off my license and paying a fine, that was not epic. Yeah. But so that uh, was your reward though. I mean at least you out of a out of 12 points you got three so i mean that's not too bad yeah that's fine um what (laughs) (laughs) um what so i've been this road glide i got i've been pulled over twice already on it before this and each time the officer's like yeah by the way nice bike Hmm. so he didn't say it this officer didn't say nice bike this time so i need to I need, I need to pick up the phone and get some bike parts coming. Yeah. I think what we should do is find out which officer it was and write him a letter and be like, at least, did you like the bike? See yeah, I need to, yeah, it's like, you know, and I was actually going to write a letter to the city. It's like, if you guys don't clean up these streets, you I'm going to keep spinning my tires. Yeah. Well, every time I spin my tires, I get pulled over. You see the problem here? Yeah. So if you clean the streets, I want to spin my tire. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I could go after them for a rear tire and a clutch. I don't know. I yeah, mean, I, yeah. it, it's, it's, 
I've seen your clutch skills in in South Dakota. I... Dude, <laughs> there was such an underlining to that deal. Like, I know it's. it's uh, we're gonna yeah. have you're gonna have to redeem yourself on that one. Hopefully, you won't get rewards like points and stuff on that <laughs> one. Like every time I do a burnout, either I get pulled over, or I smoke my clutch, or yeah. look get, like an idiot. Well, I yeah. look like an idiot both yeah. ways, or all of it. You get all of it. I think you got almost all of it in, in Deadwood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, all right. That's um, enough about me. Move on. Enough yeah. about me. But it is yeah. getting, getting serious. It is motorcycle awareness. There is a lot of motorcycles out. Um, even just working last night, just coming by the shop, they're they're in big groups. They're out. They're cruising. Mm-hmm. Got to make sure you you be aware of of your surroundings and watch out for motorcycles. And it's only going to get worse as it gets nicer. So yeah, keep also, that in mind. Yeah, make sure your your bikes are in good running order. And if they're not, well, call yeah. Rob. Yeah, we can take care of it. Yeah, yeah we should be able to do call something. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, your bikes uh, going over to. Big J's. Yeah, get uh, hopefully get the winter get dust knocked off it. Mm, yeah, so that was kind of my goal all winter long, with probably about fifty other goals that I accomplished none. Um, but hopefully now I can uh, get it over there and and get it detailed and get it clean. But I forgot how good that bike looked. Yeah, like just for like, and that's like your most stock bike, mm-hmm. and that thing is still pretty. Pretty well done. Just it, gloss black, everything. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. out of all my bikes, this is probably the most subtle that I've ever owned. Oh, for sure. But it still, like, catches your eye. I still look at it. Yeah. yeah. It's a road glide, that's why. I think so. You know, I I, it's, I think I've told that story before. When I first, when road glides came out, I was like, man, I don't know. I wasn't digging it. I wasn't feeling it. I just thought they looked so weird. But then it's like I I started working on them, and they started coming in the shop, and you're like, you know, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Just, um, I, and now, but definitely like uh, a factory road road glide, ugly. Yeah, it's you gotta you gotta spruce them up here. Yeah, and there. you gotta put a little into them to really make them pop. But I I don't know why, but now like I have this road glide, man, I think it's my favorite bike. And then it's like. After you ride them, that's yeah. when it just comes together. But, yeah. No, I enjoy it, but it's going to be nice to see that thing all polished up and nice, get yeah. it ready for the season. Yeah, we'll have to put some miles on. Yeah, I'm always up for it. Yeah. I think I've worked enough this winter that I can take some evenings off and go ride. Dude, even if I'm if I'm leaving and if I catch you in the middle of, like, if I know you're going to be at the shop for a couple hours, like, I'm going to shut the lights off on yeah. you. Go ride. Yeah. That'll always be there. We can come back. That's right. Yeah, shop will um, always be there. So we uh, got a new new team member, Cato. Mm-hmm. Um, he initially reached out to me, and he's a very um, reserved individual, yes. especially off like an initial, um, off you know, like first, a first impression. First impression. Yeah. Um. So it was like his um. Hard to hard to get a vibe off him. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I was like, you know what? He seemed like um, I, I I gave him a little shop tour and just kind of threw some some basic questions at him, and he just to a T answered them. But I was like, okay, 
time to time for you to talk to Travis. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's, far, so good, man. Yeah, he's not much of like a conversationalist, I guess. He's kind of in between. Like he says few words, but they mean a lot, if that makes sense. Yeah, he's well-spoken. But, yeah, very well-spoken. But he spoken. just doesn't speak a lot. And I know when, when I interviewed him, when he actually had like full hair and and like facial hair and stuff, um, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, God, this guy's got to be pretty close to my age. How old is he? <laughs> Not even close. Is he like my age? Yeah, I think he's like early 30s, I'm thinking, is what okay. he was. Because I asked him, and I think he told me, I think he's 30, 32 maybe at the most. Sure. Yeah, I was way off on that one. Well, then he came to work that day, and he like shaved his head, and he shaved his facial hair, and didn't even know who he was. Think, I think at least I'm not the – um any 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 – group of people you put me in i always had the least amount of facial hair that's just what it is I, but i think i got more than him yeah and you don't have much i ain't got much no and i think you got him beat yeah he, Heck uh, yeah but super i mean good good technician yeah, so far um, so good so yeah i'm um, really he, he cares yeah and that goes a long ways yeah so and yeah just, glad to have him on board and we yeah. we needed that we needed that guy yeah we're so. like like again, we're busy. We have a lot going on, and so it's nice to have somebody, uh, just like everybody that's in my shop right now. It's you know they're they all have a passion. They're they're smart. They are all good workers. And like I said, even with Cato, you know he doesn't say much. But when when we have a job come in, and I'll team up with him and ask him and show him. I mean, he's right on point. He gets it. He's Usually you know he's yeah you know? he's he's on he's always on the same page as me. And that makes me feel real good. And he, he knocks it out. He, you know, he's a worker. Uh, he's, he's a very time orientated, you know, he takes his lunch almost every day, exactly the same Which time. Which is nice. Yeah. Yep. Doesn't he's, take two hour lunches. Yep. And I think he was military too, I believe. Yeah. He was up there actually. Yep. He was Sergeant. Yep. Yeah. So I think that, that, that probably had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Too. That, that's when you are in the military at a young age, um, the kind of the behaviors that are mm-hmm. taught, they don't usually go away. Right. So they're so, instilled. Yeah, but he's a, a very, very good employee. So, yeah, so I'm glad nice. that he's he's on our team. He's fairly new, but so far he's been knocking yeah, out of the park. He's been striding well. Yeah. Um, it's nice having a guy like that um, for certain jobs. I can just put him on and know he's going to do it thoroughly. And I know he's going to, you know, do it to the best of his abilities. Mm-hmm. Um so far, he's been getting them all done. Yeah, so, so. glad to have him on our team. Definitely. Uh, and speaking of team, we got it's crazy, but what? Just barely over a month, we're going to be already in June for Buggies and Blues. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like it's, and you know that's going to be here like tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to come so quick. But that is something that whole weekend, the Buggies and Blues weekend. I think everything kicks off for sure on the ninth to the eleventh. But there's there's buggies and blues. There's Adeline's believers. There's the big rig. Um, we got Steve Darnell coming to town. Um, hopefully we can get him over to our shop. Kind of sounds like honestly that we're gonna be able to get him and peek his head in our shop. So that'll be cool to That'd have him check sweet. us out. Yeah. Uh, but 
Got a lot coming up, a lot going on. There's car shows left and right. I know we're getting a lot of invites to come over to multiple car shows and showings. Um, it's going to be tough to hit them all, but let's see what we can do. But there is a lot. And I feel like, too, you know, you go back three, four, five years ago, and it didn't seem like there was as much going on as there is now. Or I just really wasn't paying attention to it, but it's just there's a lot of even new car shows that are happening, uh, car events, motorcycle events, motorcycle shows. I think there's even motorcycle runs. There's a lot more than there was. Uh, Don't forget, even like Scotty's, I mean, they have the hangout. They have um, like a weekly deal, I think, or is it? I think it is every is it Tuesday. Night. Cruise they, night was last night, and I think it's twice a month. Yeah, well, they have the Bismarck and then the Mandan yeah. one. So there's two cruises a month. But I know Scotty's, they have their ride and dine. Um, the cars come over and, and uh, sit and show off. They they do a lineup over Buggies and Blues weekend. They do a show and shine, which the last one I went to was a couple years ago. And... Uh, I think it was the biggest that they've ever had. And they ended up taking out an additional side of the street for more cars. And then they had them double parked in their parking lot, which they haven't done that before. And so, I mean, there was oodles of cars over there. And and um, so that's even grown, too, as much as everything else. So a lot going on. I feel like so maybe like through the – what do they call it, the 20th century? Like, was that 2000 to 2000? No, be century, but like, I feel like around like the 2000s, like, with the, at the turn of the century, like the hot rod industry and everything wasn't heading in a good direction. And now I feel like we're trying to preserve it. We're trying to preserve, and we're, we're that's why there's more events. People are making a a valid effort to keep the youth in mm-hmm. and like, Hey, this is what's cool. Mm-hmm. Like loud bikes, custom bikes, loud cars, fast cars. That's what's cool. And I feel like there's people realize like, Hey, we need to do something to try to preserve like this, something so special. So that's why I feel like there's more bike runs, more mm-hmm. bike shows. And um, it, so we kind of went through that lull of them kind of dying out and people realize that the that era or that I don't know what you'd want to call it that I don't know, but they realized that it was it was kind of phasing out, and then they stepped in and like no we we gotta get this back on the map, mm-hmm. so I feel like that's why it's um there's more shows and and all that well, it's getting to be a lot popular and it's getting to be a hotter item, and I feel like. Even if you take people, and I'm just going to say in a general area, you know, just like in a general bucket of a population, and you take that person that probably bought their first quote-unquote hot rod, regardless if it was a car, truck, whatever, classic, what have you, and let's just say that was 10 years ago, okay? They enjoyed it. They probably outgrew it. They got the love for it. They got the hunger for it. They got, and then it's like, wow. Now I need something maybe a little faster, yeah, a little louder, yeah. Little, you know, I, and I'm not going to say that they got bored of it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that 
they liked it and they got addicted to it. You know, just like, and I'm going to say this, like, no, like buying a gun, like you yeah, buy a gun, they, your first gun, you're so jacked up, you're excited. But then after you shoot it for a while, you're like, I almost got to have another one, but maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit better, or maybe shoots a little different or what have you. Right. It's well, I like, think the car industry is kind of, and even motorcycle, I think yeah, the same exactly. way that once they get the taste of it yeah. and they get the feel of it, that they're wanting something that, to add either to their inventory or to, you know, they'll sell it or trade it in and and exchange it, replace it with something that's a little yeah. more radical, maybe a little newer or bigger motor or different options. And I think it's that craving that people that people like. And, right. and you, we see it even in our shop. We've got customers that they've evolved in different vehicles, and you can tell like. They're getting a little faster, a little louder, a little, yeah. little more crazier. You've seen that with the side by side. Yeah, side yeah. by side's the same thing too. And I think of people, there's a there's a ton of people that crave that. And and you'll always have your guys that it's like, you know what, I I, I built or I bought my my high school car or the car that the wife and I or the husband and I met and and it's like that's their memory vehicle, and they'll always keep it, and they're happy, and they're settled, and they bought their one vehicle, and it is what it is, and it'll stay in their garage and get handed down, and there's those people. And then there's the people that, you know, have always wanted a hot rod, and then they buy a hot rod, and then they get the that taste, and then they're like, well, now I kind of want that same hot rod, but I want it, like, step it up, yeah, you know, and they right. want, you know, bigger, louder, and faster, and... Or even like um, in a different aspect, you know, a lot of times with like youth, um, they want that need for speed. They want power. They want torque. And they got that. But sometimes they don't want to drive that all the time. So they want like a cruiser. Mm-hmm. You know, they want like something that rides nice, something with some creature comfort. So they will hang on to that, that muscle rod, but then they'll maybe transition into like, like like a like an Impala or like a, like a big body car, mm-hmm. and they'll kind of maybe transition like for for uh, ease of comparison from like a pony car mm-hmm. to like like um like these like a big body GM car or something mm-hmm. like that or a big body Mopar or something like that. And like same thing with like bikes. Exactly like me, I I started off with crotch rockets. Realized there's way too much performance for. I had the discipline for it. Mm-hmm. Um, like people will start off with like a sportster, and then they'll maybe jump up to a, a heritage, mm-hmm. and then they want to go full bagger. Mm-hmm. It's just it all kind of as they progress through life, their their wants are different. Mm-hmm. What they how they want to spend their time when they're either riding or driving mm-hmm. um, changes. So and that basically just expands everything. You know, you had a second or third car to your fleet or second or third bike to your fleet well we got more of them on the road now mm-hmm. so and and how many people i i mean that's just here i mean let's just say you go over to the west coast or east coast or down south Texas where or, yeah big and yeah and you see these these people and you know they have multiple they have their their show cars they have their daily drivers and everything else and you know, look what we see up here, but I guarantee you it's it's way different and bigger when you get out into the, you know, the surrounding coasts and see, and yeah, and, and I'm the same way too. Like, I love my Chevelle. I love it. 
but it's not practical. <laughs> it truly isn't. I mean, when I want to get my fix, I'll take it out and I'll ramble through and get my obnoxious adrenaline yeah. rush and everything else. But to drive that every day, nonsense. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. And and I'm the first. And the car's not designed for it. Either. No, not at all. And, uh, but that's how I built it. That's what I designed it for. And, and it's kind of like what you said. It's, you got that need for speed, that radical, that obnoxious, that thrill ride. But it's not something you want like every day. You want yeah. something a little less reliable. And I think a lot of people are like that both ways. I, I feel like, you know, just seeing as our customers come in, they have their daily driver that they love, but now they want to invest into that excitement. You know, so now they're buying that or building that project as a side to be like, you know what, when I want to, I'm going to take my hot rod or my custom bike or my whatever it is, get my thrill out, but I still have my reliable, cool daily driver that's neat and I love and it's comfortable and everything else. And then you might have the person on the other side to be like, man, I got this cool car. It's awesome, but I'd sure like to drive something like that that's more reliable. Yeah. And then they go the other way because they want both worlds. And it's more common than you think it is, actually. It really is. And uh, or even like from an exterior standpoint, um, you know, something with some that just stands out. Well, sometimes people don't want that attention all the time. Like right. You can't even drive it anywhere without two or three people wherever you stop coming up to you. So it's like sometimes someone still wants something cool to drive, but more subtle mm-hmm. to where. But then again, you know, you got the them guys that appreciate the subtle coolness and they'll come up but like um it just it kind of like this kind of leads me into like um kind of running low on time here but on the next podcast i think people want to hear this well in the next podcast me and you sit down we're gonna have a car or it can be any car in the world and we're gonna pick one for each day of the week that we'd want to drive Mm-hmm. Monday car, Tuesday car, Wednesday car, just all depends on like how our weeks go. Um, I, 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 we can't do it right now because I'd have to think about it. Right. But I feel like, so like when I going back to like people want to drive with what like what they're feeling, mm-hmm. you know, and when when you kind of make a decision based off how you instinctively feel, well, that's just when life's good, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes too, just like when you're saying, like I love my Ford, I, I love my truck. It's Dude, I mean, have I to think, fire up a diesel truck every day, do we though? But it's like, <laughs> do I want to drive a crew cab truck every day? I mean, I, it'd be nice to hop in a little car. I mean, and my biggest thing too, it's got me is when you go and try to park it in places. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, I would love to have some little four door, little two door car, but you know, it's like, is it justifiable? No. Not at all. You usually need a truck every day. Yeah, Yeah. but it's, you know, it's like, again, you know, it's the difference between wants and needs. Yeah. But anyways, and a guy can go on and on and on about that. But We will. It's it's definitely crazy how this whole industry has increased. It has. Throughout it, and it it doesn't, doesn't matter on on the financials or anything. It's just the whole industry itself has involved a greater appreciation yeah and it's gotten big and and i think that it's it's never going to die i don't think it's going to go backwards it's only going to go up 
And we will elaborate that again on another podcast. But it is. It's grown. And honestly, I think we we obviously got to thank the founders of Hot Riding, like mm-hmm. uh, George Barris and all them. But um, I feel like Discovery Channel and Jesse James, um, they brought that industry to light to essentially everybody that had cable. Mm-hmm. And now these shows that are still continuing on that. I feel like that is um, like a sole reason why, um, I mean, granted it's TV, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it keeps everybody involved mm-hmm. and it, it keeps the whole, it keeps everything relatable right. essentially. And, and so, when you go back and you think about, I mean, hot rotting has been started in way back since prohibition. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's been around for years. So it's not like, hey, this is a new thing. It's been around for years. But I feel like, and this is my opinion, that there's always been your your diehard hot rodders, your custom guys, you know, Gene Winfield, you know, and dude's, yeah. I think, like 125 years old or something, and he's still rocking it, you yeah. know. And, <laughs> and he, uh, it, so like these custom, you know, lead sleds and all the stuff. I mean, that goes back for years and they've been around for years. But I feel like it never really blew up until you had Motorcycle Mania, Monster Garage, when that whole era started airing on TV and got the custom bike thing started. You know, you've seen that took off. The, the car industry, when you start seeing Monster Garage, next thing you know, there's more shows popping up on fabricating and building cars that I feel like since that whole era, it just took it to a whole nother level, and it's been at that level, and if not more, since then. Yeah, there was one show, and I, can't, I think it aired on a couple seasons after Monster Garage, but it was Chris Jacobson was the narrator. It's called Rides, I think. Mm-hmm. And I loved Monster Garage. But they didn't go into the detail that rides. So rides would would um would um showcase one specific car, and like I was probably eight or nine years old, but I could just everything that was being shown. I was like, God, it's unreal! Like mm-hmm. it's, like that was my favorite show mm-hmm. for sure. But just saying, like that opened up the you know, and I know people are gonna laugh, but you know, the pimp my ride came out. Yeah, uh, the overhauling you know was starting to come out. It you know like all these reality car west coast um customs uh, you yeah know, it's like they had their own they, deal. Yeah, yeah they started and you know those are the ones i can think of but that whole era all these shows started you know revolving and 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 i mean look where we're at now because and i wouldn't say it's all because of the show but it definitely made an effect on today's world you know there's still tv shows there's and it's, you know the car market the motorcycle market the custom world there was always a custom world, but I feel like it's not like what it is now. And I think that public in your eye thing took it to a next level. I I feel like it it did. Well, yeah, and even it's like um, all these cable companies, all these broadcast companies, they literally saw the numbers and mm-hmm. they said, "We need more of this because yeah. everybody's watching it." Yeah. And the fact that everybody's watching it, that just means everybody's right. interested. That's what they want to see. And I remember. Uh, listening to uh, the, Chief, the Chief and Sean show, the guys from Shootout Laws, and they basically aired one of their shows. They did a podcast the next day, and they got the numbers back. And their Street Outlaws show, 
had more viewers than Monday Night Football, hmm. which That's is crazy. Huge. Yeah, they were the highest rated show anywhere. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and, I, mean, I mean, it could have been the the Jets and the Dolphins playing, but yeah. who cares? Yeah. yeah, it was probably the Bears. And, <laughs> yeah, the Bears. Uh, but, again, you know, it's even talking about, look at even Orange County Choppers, yeah, you know. Yeah, think about, people went crazy yeah. over that show. And not and only. That, that show probably provided you with food on your table for a while because mm-hmm. they wanted they wanted you to build exactly what they saw. Right. Or, or, or something similar. Yeah, and, and even to this day, a lot of people refer and, and they'll remember them as the people that, the guys that built the bikes or the, the father-son argument or the fighting, you know, but it still made an impact on the motorcycle industry, you know, no matter what, how you look at it, it made an impact. So, again, like I feel like you put all that into a bucket and you lit it on fire and it blew up and that's where we're at today, you know. Like it, I feel like it all kind of escalated that movement of where we're at, you know, even it's like, you know, Yaffe's been killing it, but do I feel that if we never had that whole era of the TV shows and stuff, would he probably be still where he's at now? We don't know. But I feel like, did it help? Probably didn't hurt. That'll take us to another episode, which we'll save. But Dude, I like these podcasts. Yeah, I like these ones. It's never, it seems like we never have, and can you imagine if we were actually like sipping on or drinking and, we would probably have like a four-hour podcast. Should we, should we plan for maybe a Friday night yeah, podcast one time? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. If you have any comments or anything or want us to talk about something, please comment on our Facebook, our website. There's a spot for it. Definitely reach out. You can send email. Um, we have multiple ways of getting a hold of us for the podcast. Don't forget to listen to it Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on 1270 AM radio. Uh, check us out. We'll have it on YouTube. Um, on our website, we'll have a link that you can link on and, and watch and hear our, our episodes. They're on Spotify, Apple Music, a lot of the, um, I think, SoundCloud. There's a, Find them anywhere. Yeah, they're they're out there. Just type in Unriveted, and you can, you can listen to our podcast. And, um, again, comment if there's anything that you want to comment on or or want us to talk about definitely you know shoot shoot a little message over and see what we come up with and again don't forget motorcycle awareness watch out for the bikers there's they're out there there's a bunch of them be aware and if you're on a bike watch out for the cops yeah and also they're also out there yeah they're watching yeah so thanks for listening we'll catch you on next week's uh episode and uh Have a good evening. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Unriveted Radio. Also available on demand with the Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Download in the App Store or Google Play today. Unriveted Radio, presented by Dakota Customs, a full-service custom garage on the Strip in Mandan.